Hi. Um, I, I, let me just explain who I am. Um, I was just released. I was a uh, Democratic um, uh, staffer uh, that was <laughs> doing some little shenanigans inside the, uh, uh, you know, in, inside one of the special offices. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. And welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, here in the studio on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in Dallas, Texas. My heterosexual Jewish life partner operating the controls right across from me, Josh, is back in the studio. Glad to have you back, buddy. We had Austin Peterson on yesterday. and uh, Such a great guest. I love Austin. Austin is um, he's one of those guys that like I, I really do enjoy a lot of his commentary. There are things that we disagree with, but there is a lot more things that we actually do agree upon. So it's nice to have him back in the studio and discuss matters on the Constitution because this guy, this, it's the one thing that Austin does. He's very good at the engagement farming sometimes. Like he does this intentionally and it, it works. It works. I don't agree with it, but I, I'm just not going to do it. But when it comes to matters of constitutionality, Austin does not waver on that. I do respect that about him. If you want to, if you have a question and you're wanting a good faith, honest answer in regards to anything constitutionally based, he's going to give it to you. It's not one of those that he will, he will align himself with a political organization and then manipulate his belief in the constitution to match 
his his narrative. He actually, you know, he's like me. He does stand on principle when it comes to the Constitution. I do appreciate that about him. So, but no, great episode with him on yesterday. And uh, glad to have him on. Hopefully, um, that explained and opened people's minds to a lot of what the First Amendment entails um, and how it can be get very complicated at times. But ultimately, it's the belief in inalienable rights, and we can't show favoritism. So, but on on the biggest bigger news, on to bigger news, uh, all dominating the headlines, dominating social media. It's the Trump being removed from the Colorado ballot. We're gonna get into that today. Of course, everybody else has already weighed in on this. Everyone's a lawyer all of a sudden. I'm just looking at the Constitution. I'm looking at the rule of law, and I'm just sitting there saying that, look, well, I'll hold off on that before. We'll get there when we get there. That's that's what you know, today's topic. And we're going to cover the majority of the show is going to be on this because I feel like there's a lot to discuss here. Um, but as you know, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Hey, check it out. for This is the last week we're offering the 50% off of samples. Use code SAMPLE at checkout or any of our samples to try for yourself. I think it knocks down from like $5 to $250. You can try any of our wonderful sample packs from our rack out gummies, our halo gummies, our uh, our fallout gummies. The a lot of great products out there, folks. So if you haven't checked it out, it's code sample. Save yourself fifty percent off of just samples. You can't beat that with a brick stick. And again, all of our products come with a one hundred percent money back guarantee. It's guaranteed. Does that make sense? My sense. Oh my gosh, I I still need to get around to watching Napoleon. Um, I. I I haven't, and I need to. I'm just not prepared to be disappointed because everybody can. Oh, and I watched the movie. Um, what's the one with Julia Roberts about the world ending with the EMP? Yeah. What is it called? Uh, what's the name uh, of that movie? I know what you're talking about. I, it's I, got I, Ethan Hawke in it, right? Yes. Yeah. He's a great actor. They're both great actors. Uh, Julia Roberts, she's, you know, she was a massive in the 80s and then in the 90s and then in the 2000s kind of faded away, and then she's back now. Um I'm not going to lie. What What's the movie, Rumble? What's my Rumble audience? What's up, guys? Leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Thank you. That's the one. Um, Yeah, not worth it. Now, I do have to retract something I said before as far as like, uh, I was under the impression the movie was woke. A lot of people had talked about how Obama was a, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, technical advisor on this. And there's a scene where the black couple, it's the father and the daughter and they're laying in bed. And she says, you know, basically don't ever trust white people. Um, I was bamboozled by this. Watch the movie. It, it talks about the character arc there to where it's a black couple and a white family. And in the end they work together. So it's like, if you just look at it in that one part, yeah, it comes off a super racist, which is what I did. I should have watched the movie. It's my bad. I apologize for this one. I was wrong on this one, folks. Shut the hell up, John. <laughs> it's ruining it for everybody. But I will say this, attack. though. I will say this. It's not worth watching, though. And it's not because it's woke. It's actually not woke. Um, it's just not a good movie. I, the premise of it is wonderful, absolutely. But the way they went about it, it just... Um, and I wasn't looking for some kind of like massively like really cool movie like uh, special effects yeah yeah it's not what I'm looking for but what I was disappointed by though was the ending and the ending I'm not gonna give it away I would just say that uh, <laughs> um, it's not a woke movie it's certainly not the worst movie in the world I will say that but um yeah it's it's not woke you clearly see there's bias. Um, but it's very slow. It's I forget how the, how much the length is, 
But the premise of it, like I said, is it's interesting. When you talk about like an EMP being dropped, and I think enough people have heard about this movie enough right. to know that the premise of it is an EMP hits America. And the entire movie is them trying to figure out what's going on, which it's, it's probably real. You know, if you fry all the electronics and the circuitry, all yada, 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 and the radios and cell phones and the satellites drop, then the spread of information is going to be non-existent. And so people are just kind of like in the dark saying, what's going on? And that's basically what the movie's about is them figuring out what the hell's going on. And even at the end, you still don't know. So it's just like, what the uh, hell's going on? What's going on here? I can't watch my porn. I can't play my video games. What's happening here? I got zero bombs. <laughs> it just, but the thing was, though, it wasn't a woke movie. It was not a woke movie. I thought it was. Again, when I saw that one scene, um, I judged the book by its cover. But this was also, uh, I should have known better, though. I should have known better. My own fault on this one. So it wasn't a woke movie, but it still wasn't a good movie. How long was it? <laughs> I, it was like an hour 45, I think, uh, something like that. Yeah. But it was just like, um, I don't know. The thing that aggravates me the most, though, is this had so much potential. So much potential. It was like, you could easily see a Walking Dead spin off of this. <laughs> it's kind of like that, minus the zombies. But, it, you know, it talks about, like, it's right before apocalyptic times come into play and what people are doing. So... It does put a spotlight on how people would act, which it's neighbor versus neighbor at some point. But even still, though, it just it, it very lightly brushed the surface of that and it didn't really go in depth. So it was it was meh. It was meh. But uh, I know this guy's in chat says, John, what what ending? It's like, I dude, I know. I agree. I agree. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm like, I love the Stephen King endings. I love the endings that you're not expecting. And more importantly, the endings that you hate. Because why? It sticks in your mind. Hence, Game of Thrones, the final season. Everybody remembers, like, it was horrible, but you remember it, and you're still talking about it. Now, if that's the goal... Is that a good thing? To an extent, yes, because that's good storytelling. How many of the good endings do you remember? Really none, except the most burned-to-your-brain childhood fairy tales were told. Now, I'm not saying it's the ending that's going to make it a good movie, but I think, for me, a good ending is one that has people talking. Because if it's not a good movie, people aren't going to be talking about it that much. You know, they'll just be like, oh, the world's end, whatever, leave the world behind. Yeah, it was, that's it. And it'll just fade away. These other ones, because it started with great storytelling as far as Game of Thrones is concerned. And then it just nosedived. And you could tell that these, these writers were picking up where the original author had left off and they just were not nearly as good. But either way, um, no, I like the Stephen King endings. Like The Mist, oh God, that, that was great. You know, if you, if, I don't think I've seen. Oh, that you need to see it. Oh, it's really good. It is really good. The one I really liked was uh, Misery. Is that the one with um where uh, Kathy Bates? Yes. Oh okay. God, that was. You know, the thing that makes that so weird is that it's it's entirely possible. Yeah. That is entirely possible for like to have some kind of super fan kidnap you, break your ankles, and then force you to write. Like that's entirely possible. So yeah, that is is kind of weird, but uh. Yeah, like I said, now I would say a movie that was actually better than that was that whole Don't Look Up with um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't see that one either. Uh, it's actually a really good movie. It, it talks about the ignorance of mankind at the hands of social media and how basically this big asteroid's heading to Earth, and then you got all the quote-unquote flat earthers like, there's no asteroid, don't even look up, it's not real. It's like you can literally see it in the sky coming. It's like, don't look up, it's a fake. It's like, it's all just government weird conspiracy theorism. That ain't science. So it does take a plug from the whole COVID thing 
to where it's like everybody's like denying the science. But what's funny about this, or more ironic than anything, is that, you know, years later, we're like, oh, no, the science was actually wrong. And the conspirator nuts, as they like to call us, were actually right, which I was just simply saying my position was I don't agree with the vaccine, but I'm just not going to take it. I don't think it should be forced. But if you want to get it, be my guest. Be my guest. But, um, yeah. But uh, before we get into today's topic, I want to address Chucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson did an interview. I think he was at the uh, the uh, Phoenix uh, Turning Point gangbang over there where they have all these political influencers that sell their souls to commit fealty to Trump because the paycheck that comes with it. But Tucker Carlson goes over there, and Tucker Carlson's been kind of falling from grace in my eyes for a little while there. He had, when he, when he was fired from Fox, I, I mean, I didn't really have issues with this guy, but I thought a lot of his, his reporting was, you know, it was all, I shouldn't say, well, kind of biased to a degree. It was what he wanted to report as a journalist, quote unquote journalist, but it was more like opinion based. And a lot of his opinions, I actually agree with. I, I do. But Tucker was also known for criticizing Trump. Said he called Trump a moron, just, you know, called him toxic. The texts were released. And then Tucker was kind of like, ah, it's whatever. But then Tucker goes on this panel with the likes of Tim Pool, Charlie Kirk, and some other unknown dude. And he begins to just say, he opens up a statement by saying, um, I'm, I'm not online that much, but I can tell you that DeSantis supporters online are stupid and zero sum and continues to insult people, which right off the bat, I'm like, if you're not on the internet, then how are you giving any kind of accurate feedback? And he was asking the likes of Tim Pool and Charlie Kirk, you know, you guys are on it more than I am. What do you think? And then they're all kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're the most ignorant. Blah, 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 blah. I can sit there and pull out every example known to man to show where the Trump administration and paid Trump influencers, paid Trump influencers, have been the most toxic, disgustingly reprehensible types of filth that I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm talking about threatening gangbangs of uh, DeSantis supporters. I'm talking about uh, threats of rape, violence, all manner of things. The most disgusting things I've ever seen in my entire life on Twitter from paid Trump influencers. It's real. It's true. I've got, we've got every kind of receipt from Roger Stone calling Casey DeSantis and her kids a cunt to the Dilly Meme team and all that. No, I don't think it's, I think it's disgusting. I think it's reprehensible. I, th- I think to sit there and have an advisor that advises you, the president of the United States, and he calls your political opposition's wife a cunt because she makes a post about her and her kids. I think that's disgusting. I think you should fire that person. But Trump doesn't. He keeps those people around him. That's what Trump does. That's exactly what Trump does. So then when, you know, Tucker Carlson makes this statement, it just comes out of complete loyalty to Trump. You can tell like, this guy has no more independent journalism left in his body. It's now going to be pro-Trump. He goes to the UFC with Trump. He softballs the interview with Trump in the first debates. He doesn't ask him anything about COVID. Things were off limits. Tucker Carlson has sold out. Do you think that's his experience with DeSantis supporters? <clears throat> what? That they're nasty? How can it be if he's never online like he, he himself admitted? If he's on his Twitter account looking at his stuff, I don't know. No. Maybe that's his experience with him. It could be. I, mean, I don't it, think it's ever a win here's situation when you start calling out uh, American citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're yeah. when you're essentially on the same side. Well, this was a pro-Trump event, so everything is going to go in line with pro-Trump. So Tim Pool's riding that meal ticket. Tucker Carlson's no different. He's the one that called Trump a moron previously. He insulted Trump. Did not like Trump. And then suddenly, once he gets fired from Fox, and again, I've got it on very good insider authority that he was fired from Fox because of the Dominion lawsuit. And then he gets fired from that. I thought he was working a deal with Elon to have his own kind of Twitter show, which would be very successful because he was racking up millions upon millions of views. But instead, Donald Trump Jr. is a main investor in Tucker Carlson's new media company. So naturally, follow the money. 
you're going to see Tucker now bend the knee in fealty to Donald Trump and his influencer base. Hence why Tucker sits down, does this interview, and says the most ignorant things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like to sit there and say that DeSantis people are zero-sum and just flat-out stupid without criticizing your own side. Because I'll be honest, there are certain people that are DeSantis supporters online that are not very intelligent. You're going to get that in any political camp. Look, there's very fine people on both sides. <laughs> but I think it was it was ignorant of Tucker to do. You've alienated yourself now from the DeSantis crew. It's another reason why I do not want to unite with MAGA. There's no reason to. I find these people just completely reprehensible and intellectually dishonest. They're liars. They're liars and charlatans, and they've sold out their soul. And the only reason I say this is at one point, every single one of those nerds on that stage were massive DeSantis fans until DeSantis does decided to run. And then it just shows that you're not intellectually consistent. You're not. You're doing it because of fealty to Trump. And that just tells me you're not someone I even take into consideration as being a serious person. I just can't. I can, I can respect somebody more for sitting there and saying, I don't agree with what Trump has done. I'm still going to vote for him because this, this, and this. But those that said, like, DeSantis is the worst thing since freaking cancer. It's like, yeah, you're a liar. Did he mention something about DeSantis changing his view on something because one of his From one of donors, his donors, but that donor who left him. you know what he's talking about? Yeah, Ken Pax or Ken, Ken Griffin, I think it was. And Ken Griffin, that was even before Ukraine even started. So it's kind of like, um, okay. I mean, you, I saw that. I saw that he said that. And as you actually get into the weeds on that, the timing doesn't align. And Tucker knows I've that. I've never heard that before. Neither have I. But that's what Tucker brought to the table. But when you actually sit there and you look at the timeline, it's like, bro, that's not accurate at all. But here's the deal. Like, even I've had beef with DeSantis's lack of committal on not wanting to support Ukraine. I've said I didn't agree with his stance before. Uh, he's, he's made mention that he's not for supporting it. He is for supporting Israel as an ally. Do you think he support Like, let's say he gets in and gets the wins the presidency. Do you think he still continues to give money to Ukraine? From the last debates, he said no. I think Do I believe that? I don't know. I think most of those people up there are probably going to cut a check and send it over to Ukraine. I think there comes a time where if you get even, elected. I, I would even throw Trump in there, too. No, I don't I, think Trump would. I think he would probably. I think he would be a better person to end that uh, squabble. I, I think it's beyond the point be, of Trump being able to end it. That's. It's, it's, I, I think, think Ukraine. He, I think all of them will send money over there. I just think they will. I just think that's. How I think if Vivek got elected, are. I don't think he would. Do I think DeSantis would? No, I don't think he would either. I think he'd get a lot of pressure from his own side saying, you better not do this. He's, camp he's campaigning on that now. Could he? I mean, they all possibly could. They're all politicians. Yeah, I, I mean, they, I'm not going to, I yeah, wouldn't I put that past do. them. Yeah. But, but I, I definitely think a, that Trump would not, though. I, I definitely think Trump wouldn't. There'd have to be some stipulate, like, this is it. This is all we could afford. Yeah. Well, you know? We've got an article. Well, I don't know if it's on today's show um, that you, uh, you, Ukraine is now scaling back military operations as a result of a lack of funding. It's like, dude, You've received billions upon billions upon billions. How many what are you, do you doing think the with the United it? States have made over in the Ukraine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have made so much money off of this. But it's just kind of like, dude, I'm sorry. There's a line in the sand. We are bleeding out. Yeah. You know, we're like, we are bleeding out as a country. People are, folks, I, we, one of the biggest metrics that we use here is our sales, shell shock sales, because we were doing phenomenally great like two or three, three years ago. And then when Biden took office, boom, just yeah. got, like the discretionary spending has plummeted, plummeted. And we see it reflected in our sales, too. I talked to Andy Frisilla. I talked to a lot of my friends that have bigger companies than we do. It's like, bro, this is across the board. Yeah. This is at first I worried is like, is this a shell shock issue? Are we doing something wrong? Is there something we could be doing better? 
as far as our, our company, our, our customer service is top notch. We have the best customer service. Our products are money back guaranteed. Our shipping is phenomenal. We offer insurance. There's not a whole lot more we can do on our side outside of just advertising. Of course, my positions politically will alienate a lot of once uh, loyal customers because they don't like me because I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. It's like, but at one point I did and you like me for it. I said, but you understand what my positioning is. So that'll cost some business. That's fine. I'm not worried about that because we have a very unique business model to where it's kind of like we have the show and the show promotes our company. Our company is standalone. But at the same time, we are patriots. We love America. We love the Constitution. We're going to stand in unison with that. But overall, though, I think your average citizen that is living paycheck to paycheck they can't even squeeze out 40 or 50 bucks for a bag of gummies because they're like hurting. 70% of the yeah. population right now. Their gas is, a tank of gas is 100 to 150 bucks, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm not sitting there mad at people that they're not buying. Shit. I get it. It's like, yeah, your priorities should be your families. But in the meantime, it's like, I'm not going to say that we're suffering. Don't get me wrong. God bless. God bless America. God bless. And thank you for all your support and stuff. But what I'm seeing, though, is that when all businesses across the board are down upwards of like 20 to 25 percent, it's like, Jesus, that means layoffs. Yeah. It means increases in, in, in pricing because they're going to try and make this up somehow, which we're not going to do. We're not going to raise our pricing because ultimately or lower our pricing because what happens is once you do that, you can't you can't raise your prices again. If you go to any place to eat now. Oh, God, dude. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. You're averaging, like, dude, when we go out to eat, outside of Ruth's Chris, Ruth's Chris, is fa- it's it's fancy. You're paying a lot. I don't mind that, though, because you get what you pay for. But outside of that, we go to, like, regular restaurants. Yeah. Good luck walking out of there without an $80 bill. It's like, what the hell happened? This is insane. Insane. Yeah, they just uh, crank the prices. It's a, a lot of this could be eliminated just by making us energy independent. Energy again. independence That's right it. there. Yeah, I agree. Now, here's the thing, though. We actually... I pulled up the oil stuff. Um, we kind of are. If you go look at how many barrels we've drilled under Biden, it's actually a lot more. I was I didn't believe it either. I was in a I was in a research mood and I looked up the actual production stateside and I'll have to pull this up because I looked at it as like that's not what I thought it was. And it's actually I've actually been wrong on that. We've actually been, you know, Biden has made us more or less energy independent. But not to the extent. Well, actually, let me let me stand. Then why is it? Let that, me push pause on that because I don't know the full truth on yeah, this one. Uh, that, why would we be going over to Saudi Arabia and asking? Because them to Biden drill wants one? to mix it. it. It's a matter. It's not so much as like energy independence, but a, a balance of a 50-50. Let me see if I can pull up this article. But it talked about how actually we've been producing more oil in America than under Trump, which led the other question of then why is gas pricing the way it is, and ultimately led to the war in Ukraine that prices have spiked so dramatically across energy, across the entire world. It's not just America. But prices so, went up before Ukraine. Did they? Yeah. I like thought almost per- immediately. Oh, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Office, you're, yeah, you're right. It went yeah. from like a buck 85 yeah. to a dollar spot, Yeah, because consumer confidence plummeted. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He canceled a lot of federal leases they were going to drill on. I'm sure that, I mean, I know. We he both ran know. on that. I yeah, mean, he, he, he wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a secret. Like, uh. yeah. But no, I, I'd read an article that talked about that we'd actually been producing more oil under is Biden than we did Trump. I'll CNN? Ha- no, I did. That was the first thing I looked at. Is like, where is this from? But actually, it's not true. It's, well, let me let me do some digging on this one because I read the article. I should have saved it. Um, I should have saved it. But yeah, I was like, this could, this could change some opinions on this one. I still blame Biden. Don't get me wrong. It's just I'd like to get to the source of these issues. Like, okay, if we are producing more oil in America, then why are the prices still ridiculously high? And that's the biggest thing I'm trying to get to the end of. And I, I've been reading some different articles here and there, but I don't have an exact answer on it yet. So 
this is it's part of like learning economics. It's very interesting to me. It's like, hmm. Well, I'll look forward to hearing your answer. <laughs> I'm still I'm still looking. So who wrote that? I know everybody's writing. Who, who wrote the article? Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. It wasn't just one though. Oil. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, if you actually look at articles today, it talks about like the United States is producing more oil than any country in history. Biden admin holds 73 million acre lease sale appeals core. Um, the odd couple Biden soaring U.S. energy production. The U.S. is producing more oil than any country. And this is from CNN, though. Let's see if they actually have any kind of um, any kind of. Uh, backing on this or is it just an opinion of it i did not get this article originally from cnn so don't think that i would never take cnn at face value do not think that um let's see if they actually have a link to another article uh as the world grapples with the existential crisis of climate change environmental activists want president joe biden to phase out the oil industry which isn't going to happen it's impossible and republicans argue he's already doing that meanwhile the surprising reality is the united states is pumping oil at a blistering pace and it's on track to produce more oil than any country has in history okay i like that phrasing but what I, my question is, though, I don't care any other country in history. Are we producing more oil under Biden than other administrations, specifically Trump's? That's what I want to know. The United States, note, note how they didn't say that, though. So I'm curious on this one. The United States has set to produce a global record of 13.3 million barrels per day of crude and condensate during the fourth quarter of this year, according to a report published Tuesday by S&P Global Commodity Insights. Last month, uh, weekly U.S. oil produced hit 13.2 million barrels per day, according to the Energy Information Administration. Okay, here's the actual article. Yeah, this is from U.S. Energy Petroleum Information. Um, I'm, I'm going to link this article for you guys to look at. And again, I'm learning this as we go. So you take this with a grain of salt. I'm just reading this out loud. Here's the article. I'm going to publish it in the Rumble chat for you to go look at. But yeah, actually oil production really soared under Trump because it went from uh, 26, no, 20, here we go. From 2016, we'll just start Trump's inauguration. We were at 9,000 barrels a day. And by the end of his, we were up to roughly 12,900 barrels a day. Um, yeah. And then it dropped when Biden took office. So there, there is it right there. I'm sorry. So when we were at up to um, 13, uh, the week, oh, I'm sorry, that's per week. But even still, when Biden takes office, you see this, this is 3-13-2020. So right when Biden took over, it dropped, it plummeted, went way down. So yeah, he did cut a lot of energy dependence. We did start buying more, but now we're actually producing more. Now it's saying that uh, 13,100,000 barrels per day. Hmm. It's interesting. And you got, the, you got all the graphs right here dating back till 1983 of January, and you see actual production of barrel oil per day. I don't know. It's, 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 it's incredible. There's a lot to research here. There's a lot to study. But, yeah, there you go. But I remember reading that. It's like, huh, interesting. Very interesting. It's like, so then why do we have inflated gas prices here at home, though, if we're pumping out more crude oil per day? And it's like the only the only other alternative that I could think of is that these oil companies are they're matching prices to overseas oil to say, like, look, this is a competitive market. You know, if, if they're selling oil at this cost per barrel, we're going to match that here in America. So I mean, that's that's my guess. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just venturing a guess on this one. I'm probably wrong on that, because, again, this is one of those things that I'm still learning about. But when people talk about energy independence, we're pumping out a lot of oil. Biden did cancel. He did cancel a lot. Don't get me wrong, because, again, in that graph, um, we plummeted. It plummeted from right when Biden took office. It dropped way down from like 13,000 a day 
down to all of the low to 9,700 per day. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Or, or it could be that, you know, he shut down so many different leases, so many different drilling sites, and then basically capped them and said, you know, this is what we're going to charge, no less than, or, I don't know. Did he send a bunch over to China too? I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think he did. I wouldn't be surprised. He sent oil to China? Let me look it up, but I think uh, so, yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into the main article. Um, it's how much we were fined for ourselves versus export. Actually, that's a good point. Thank you, um, JG Turner 74 in the chat. How much we find ourselves versus export. But then again, but, but what would influence the price on that though? To that level of, of clear, because I mean, again, what I'm trying to remember in my mind, when were gas prices the worst? Was it like the first six months of Biden's presidency? Is that when it really went no, up? No, no, it started going up. And then I think probably towards the end of 2021. Towards the end of 2021? really spiking and then 2022. 2022. So towards, okay, 12, 10, 2021, we were at 11,700 barrels per day. Hmm. So essentially at the peak of the Trump administration, we were at 13.1 thousand barrels per day. Biden is about to hit that um, actually this month. And the years that he's been president, he's just now about to hit where we were under Trump. It's probably why you're seeing gas prices coming back down to a degree. Hopefully they can't hear um, Athena chewing on the bone in the background. She's just, she's at home wherever. All right, folks. Well, let's get into the main topic of discussion today. And again, we are not lawyers, but again, um, we talk about looking into the Constitution every single day. Well, today we're jumping ahead a little bit. and We're going to be focusing on the 14th Amendment today because that's what's on the ballot or that's what's on. Well, actually the ballot. Yeah, rather the lack thereof. Let me first get into this and tell you right now, the Colorado, this article comes from Breitbart, Colorado Supreme Court disqualifies Trump for 2024 ballot. Okay, let me first start this show out the way we always started out. And I will tell you, I am not a fan of Donald Trump. Many people know this. I'm not voting for the dude, but I will tell you, this is unconstitutional. This will not stand. This will be appealed and it will be overturned by the SCOTUS. I guarantee you, this is not going to fly. Now, I, why are people getting so adamant about this? Because, again, every single political side is going to utilize this to their benefit. We're looking at the left doing this, trying to sink Donald Trump. They know that the Supreme Court in Colorado, basically for him to get overturned, it's going to be more legal fees. This is unconstitutional. But um, Donald Trump's already using this on True Social. It's going to be a benefit to him. It's going to be a net benefit because why? He's going to use this to campaign. He's going to use it to fundraise. People are going to get in line to donate on something like this. I made a tweet yesterday and saying, look, the violation of the Supreme Court by the state of Colorado does not incentivize me to vote for Trump. It just doesn't. I'm not that stupid. But this is another thing why I talk about voter um, intelligence versus rather voter ignorance. Take one look at the 14th Amendment, folks, and you can dissect what they're trying to do here. Now, let's read the article and we'll get to it. So y'all just bear with me. Bear with me on this. Um, Colorado Supreme Court disqualifies Trump from 2024 ballot. Supreme Court ruled Tuesday in a four to three opinion that the Constitution's insurrection clause prohibits former President Donald Trump from appearing on the ballot for the presidency in 2024. The court found by clear and convincing evidence that President Trump engaged in insurrection and those terms are used in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the ruling reads. Now, let's push pause on this. Let's read the 14th Amendment, okay? 
14th Amendment, Section 3, disqualification from holding office. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or give aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. Now, the crucial part right here is engage in insurrection. Engage in insurrection. I've read the a lot of the transcripts from the Supreme Court. I've seen a lot of the documentation. I've you know there's an interesting highlighted parts, but I'm telling you at the base of it is this: Trump was never found guilty of committing insurrection. January Sixers were not locked up for quote unquote insurrection. Many people don't seem to understand this. They were locked up for criminal trespass, destruction of property, assaulting police officers, yada yada yada. But none of them. None of them were charged with actual insurrection. This has been a buzzword Democrats have used since this occurred. Now, folks, if you are in disagreement with me and you think that the January 6th, which I don't blame on Trump, I think that was just stupid people doing stupid stuff. I do blame him for an ignorant move by by putting gasoline near an open fire. You should have done it, but you walked right into Pelosi's trap. But even still, when we look at what the January 6ers did compared to what the BLM did, Outside of it being a state, or outside of it being a, a capital building, what's the difference? You looted, you burned, you assaulted, you stole the exact same things the J6ers did. Not all J6ers, might I add. I do have to clarify, there were many J6ers that didn't even step foot inside the Capitol that were illegally prosecuted. Was unconstitutional. It was wrong. Our good friend of the show, Marina Medvin, she's represented a lot of these J6 defendants and actually worked to get their their sentences reduced and even won some cases, which is awesome to see. Do you think the um, the new footage that Johnson released showing that the uh, police started firing on the uh, demonstrators before anything started mm-hmm. will overturn any cases? I don't know. I don't question? think so. I, I, oh, I don't know. I mean, but if they're standing there at the steps and all of a sudden these Capitol Police start firing the uh, rubber bullets mm-hmm. at them, hitting it, you know, inciting them into violence. Yeah. I mean, if that can be proven, I think there's your intent right there. But either way, I, I don't know. That's that's a very I'd have to actually see the footage. You know, I remember watching it unfold. I remember them on the gates, like shaking the gates and trying to pull the police officers off axis, off their balance. I don't know. I'd have to look at the footage. It also, ultimately, yeah, I think the I'd January like to know 6th. How many undercover FBI agents were in there oh, as well? You're never going to know. When the, when the FBI, the acting director, gets pulled up before Congress and they ask her that directly, and she says, "I'm not at liberty to tell you that." It's like, no, you no longer work for the people. Then, if you can't tell the people what you're doing to protect the people, then the people don't need you. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. But yeah, there were there were so many different bad actors in that movement. Ray Epps. And I love how a lot of people are trying to paint this guy as an innocent. He's an innocent guy. He's like, really? 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 No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. That guy was instigating. I still think he was a fed plant, but yeah. either way. John Sullivan, black dude from the BLM, he was there. Yeah. He called for freaking Trump to get guillotined. Nothing on that. No press. Nothing. Nada. What, why is that? I wonder if it's because of that, that beautiful black privilege that we pretend doesn't exist. I'm betting that's it. I'm betting that's it. All right, so after reading the 14th Amendment, 
The Supreme Court in Colorado seems to think that by saying that we find Trump guilty because he engaged in insurrection. This is a Supreme Court decision. Trump has not faced his accusers. This was not due process. Essentially, I think the citizens of uh, Colorado sued and they said that we want him off the ballot. Now, the FEC is going to step in on something like this, I would imagine, because they regulate these elections. There's rules that pertaining to this, or maybe not step in, but there's clear guidance on this. But all you have to do is appeal this and say, look, this is unjust. You know, Trump's lawyer, the Haba lady, she's already said not going to stand. Any legal expert could tell you this is going to get overturned. That dude, Alan Dershowitz, that Democratic attorney, yeah. said the same thing. Yeah, Democrats. I've got another article right here. Um, it could be the same guy you're talking about. Um, Dem appointed Colorado justice says Trump ballot ban undermines bedrock of American and fiery dissent. Um, all three dissenting justices in Colorado court's decision were Democrat appointees. The Colorado Supreme Court's decision to ban former President Trump from the state's primary ballot undermines a bedrock principle of American democracy. One of the court's Democrat-appointed justices wrote in a fiery dissent, Justice Carlos Seymour. Uh, now, here's, there's, 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 here's, a, um, here's a good metric, or here's a good, um, uh, what, what kind of test would you call this? Um, measurement of the political temperature when you have Democrats on a Supreme Court, three, that are in opposition to this and come out and say, this isn't right, versus a unanimous yes, versus a dissenting 4-3 no, it's not right. When you split Democrats, because Democrats are really good at uniting. We, we've known this. We've seen this so many different times. When Democrat judges are split, you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So... The decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump, by all accounts, the current leading Republican presidential candidate and reportedly the current leading overall presidential candidate from Colorado's potential presidential primary ballot flies in the face of due process doctrine, Samora wrote. I haven't even read this article, and it makes perfect sense. Folks, all you have to do is read the Constitution. Now, gr granted, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not a lawyer, but I am saying when you look at what the SCOTUS ruled in Colorado versus the 14th Amendment, these judges, by opinion, said, you engaged in insurrection. There was no trial. There was no trial. This was, I think it was a lawsuit, and they deemed, yes, we're going to remove him from the ballot. You don't have the right to do that. That's, that is election interference. That is, and I know Trump likes going off on this, election, that is actually election interference. Should not be tolerated. And again, they're going to appeal it. It is going to cross, and here's the screwed up part of the judicial system. This will cost Trump money, number one, to appeal it and push it up to the court. But if it was me, I'd just sue the state. I'm like, okay. Like, you're going to cover costs and damages. Yeah. Trump knows this. So ultimately, I think the question we should be asking ourselves, though, is why did Colorado do this? Those Supreme Court judges, here's the thing that people need to understand. They're not stupid. Yeah. Don't treat these people like they're stupid. That would, that's going to be a massive mistake. They're doing this fully knowing it's going to get overturned. So what's the real reasoning they're doing this? In my opinion, which you're not going to like, is I think they do want Trump to run. They want Trump to run in the general because they think they can beat him. They sincerely think they can beat him. I, I don't what know. other reason would they be doing this? Because here's the deal. You know, we've already seen it through repetitious examples. The DA indictment in Washington, the DA indictment in, in Georgia, in Florida. What did Trump do? Turns around and raises millions, draws more support than ever before. Democrats know this. This is the playbook. So what they're going to do is do more stuff to try and attack Trump, get the right to unite behind Trump, which I'm not, by the way, unite behind him and then run him in the general and then beat him again. That's what I think. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen for bait. I'm saying that's what their mindset is, I think. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't. 
I don't think that. I do. I think they're just trying to keep him off the ballot. And they're why? throwing as much shit out of nah, as possible. I don't think so at all. That's why you have all the indictments. Nah. That's why you have Michigan coming out. What could Michigan be the next state to kick him off the ballot? Like, so you, so you're saying their intent guy. is they legit think they can get him. Yeah, they okay. do. Okay. Or they're just trying to throw I'm, as much shit at him possibly, as possibly. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably Joe right Biden on that. Joe Biden is yeah. so unpopular right now with Democrats. But that they yeah, know they're in a yeah. losing situation. So, but there's just so many Democrats more, that have come out and said that, like, I don't like Biden either, but I'm not voting for Trump. Now, yeah, how, they, now how big mean, is that? I don't know. I mean, I can go out and yeah. they vote for RFK. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't going to make it alive. They're yeah. going to assassinate that dude. Then that's just going to take, it's just, nobody likes that guy. Nobody. Well, what else no, there are do? some people that do. I see him on Twitter and they're kind of like the crickets just chirping. Riding with Biden is like, dude, I'm nobody like, likes you. Have to be nobody likes paid the to one, go out there the and one simp for Joe Biden. Be like, oh, no, everything's great. <laughs> the lack of representative of certain campaigns on X or Twitter is actually impressive. I don't see very many Biden supporters, and if I do, they're very, very liberal esque, just extreme liberal morons. It's like, oh, bro, it looks like that account started today. <laughs> no picture. It's literally that meme of the dog with the fire. I was like, oh, this is fine. Everything's fine. It's like, dude, it's horrible right now. What are you talking about? I was like, now that's the type of bad faith I cannot stand. It's like, dude, one has but to look at the economy as a good metric of how this administration has been doing so poorly and that you cannot deny this. The numbers, the data is there. But no, it's like, oh, Biden's done so much. To, you know, he's, he's created so many jobs. Yeah, that were shut down from COVID. Again, that's the same as saying like, oh, I put out the house fire that you started. It's like, yeah. that doesn't, that's not anything. But yeah, for, for this, it's just, I don't know, man. It's one of those things to where, I sincerely think the left wants Trump to run. I don't think Jack Smith is going to get him on much. I think Jack Smith will have something to the effect of the leaking classified documents to the news reporters. I think that's going to stick. But at the same time, you don't think I think it will because they've got him on audio. On audio, he literally admits it. You have Bill Clinton who had what was in his sock drawer classified. Joe Biden with the I agree. I agree. I'm so, saying, though, but they're going to try and use that, which is going to, and I'm not saying it's justified, because I agree with you. If you're going to get him on that, then you should be getting Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton for the emails, yeah. 33,000 emails, you prosecute, what? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. I just think so, they're yeah. afraid of this guy. If he gets back in office, then he's going to go scorched earth on him and then really start. It could be that you're right in the out. sense of that. I think the 2020 no, but election. it could go either way. I mean, maybe, maybe. Kind of like your sex right. life. Hey, oh, no. <laughs> I think, I think generally in 2020, Democrats turned out by and large to vote against Donald Trump. But I think Democrats, to your point, maybe they have taken a different position this time. Not that they think I, I they can think beat him, was... but more so in a sense of Biden is not going to bring, bring that much support this time. He's been doing too horribly. So I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. If you look at the states where he, where Joe Biden won yeah. after about six to eight weeks mm-hmm. of collecting ballots, mm-hmm. it wasn't by very much. No. So no. ballot harvesting, the rest of it, yeah. Ballot harvesting. I, I saw know, I fake, saw Nick Fuentes ballots, and his group ballots. of groupers are talking about they're gonna do an org they're gonna do a movement now to do ballot harvesting in Arizona, uh, Wisconsin, I think Georgia, and it's illegal. It's like, hey, go for it, do it. See how see how you wound up. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have probably kept that to myself. <laughs> I know. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like that's gonna be used against us in the future. That's wonderful. But um, I don't. No. Yeah, I don't think ballot harvesting should be legal. But I, if I the agree. Democrats are doing it, then yeah. you got to match it. There's got to be a counterbalance to all it, this. Ultimately, stuff. this is the thing. It's just who can cheat the best. You know, there's cheating with this. That's all there is to it. It should be illegal. I'm sorry. The to vote, you should have to go to the voting booth, check the box, and be done. Yeah. That's it. There should be no somebody shows up to your house, gives you a ballot. No, 
There's yeah. the chain of custody of these ballots is non-existent, non-existent. Anybody, I just, I disagree with it. I, I think it's a horrible thing to do, but ultimately, you know, each state decides their own. And people were making this argument on Twitter saying that, you know, states have the right to decide how their election elections are ran. They do. States do have that right. What they don't have the right to do is remove somebody off the ballot under pretenses of the SCOTUS's ruling. They're trying to do it. It will be overturned. Imagine the state saying, oh, by the way, the Supreme Court doesn't like you. You're not running here. You don't have that right. You cannot do that. That is interference in an election. It's a a federal election. Now, granted, this is to a federal position versus a state. Let me clarify that. I made a post yesterday. I think some people confused it. Maybe I didn't clarify myself enough. But basically, a state trying to interfere in a federally protected election, you're out of your mind. Like, the fact that they even tried this is like the balls on these guys. They just don't care. They just don't care. They don't. It's, it is a clear slap in the face of, of democracy. But again, this is where we're at. Uh, uh, B. Shoper says it's not harvesting. It's flat out cheating. No signature verification. Nursing homes. What the fuck? I, I don't doubt it. That's why I say when when the Trump groups say that we're going to have to ballot harvest as well, it's like, yeah, I agree, too. But it's, it's literally we're just cheating at this point. It's going to turn into it's going to de-evolve into who can cheat the best. That's honestly what it's going to turn into. So again, we're going to play them at their games, but that's what Democrats are going to do. They're going to try and find out the new way to cheat legally, legally, and they're going to employ that. So and then the Republicans are going to be trying to play catch up. And it's like, oh, so it's like, ultimately, the winner is going to be who cheated the best. But isn't that politics in general? <laughs> um, even if we're convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say engaged in insurrection, there must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office, he wrote. This is another Supreme Court SCOTUS in Colorado that was one of the three dissenting votes that's writing this, and he's justified in this. You have your right to face your accusers. It's kind of one of those pesky amendments in there, right? Oh, we, we, we forget that one, though, right? You have the right to face your accusers. And if you're being sued, if they're suing the state... To say we want him off the ballot, that no, doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. So everybody out there that's just screaming at the sky is like, ah, my guy, relax, chill out. It's gonna be overturned. I, I, I have no doubt about this. If it doesn't, if it doesn't get overturned, I will be highly shocked, and that's going to be a very, very dangerous thing now because, um, if this is the president they're gonna set, president they're gonna set. What's to stop us? Uh, actually, here, we got a clip right here. Uh, Ron DeSantis came out and, and uh, talked about this in a town hall, I think, yesterday or today. He had some very good words on this one because, you know, instantly, I love how the Trump people on MAGA or uh, the MAGA people on Twitter is that when something happens concerning Trump, instantly it's like, oh, why isn't DeSantis there defending him? He needs to support Donald Trump. We need an act of unity. Oh, really? You do remember the Trump pack tried to have DeSantis removed from the ballot in Florida. You, you do remember that, right? Oh, yeah, Trump tried the same tactic with, with uh, DeSantis. But suddenly, you expect DeSantis to get on his knees and come, ah, it's ridiculous. But also, this is the same bad faith Magadonian people on Twitter that even if DeSantis said, I will throw myself on the train tracks of justice and defense of democracy for Trump, it wouldn't be enough. I, I stopped trying to appease these morons out here, but let's listen to what DeSantis has to say on this topic. This is, uh, this is yesterday, I believe. Look, on all these things... What you're seeing the left do is they will use the power of the state to advance their agenda. And you see that with the Colorado Supreme Court. I mean, look, if somebody's convicted or something of, of some of these things, 
There was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Uh, why could, could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? Uh, could we just say, oh, well, they have uh, money coming to Hunter, whatever? So, so I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. But, but here's the larger thing of what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. And look, it's unfair. Uh, they're abusing power 100%. But the question is, is that going to work? Um, and I think they have a playbook that unfortunately will work, uh, and it'll give Biden or the Democrat or whoever the ability uh, to skate through this thing. That's their plan. That's what they want. What they don't want is to have somebody like me who will make the election not about all those other issues, but will make the election about the failures of Biden, the failures of the left, and how we're going to be able to turn the country around. If that's how the election's framed, uh, we will win. But so there you go. You got DeSantis weighing in on this one. He's 100% right on this. You know, He's basically saying there is no due process. You can't sit there and just go after somebody because you don't like them. It doesn't work that way. But it's just funny to Apparently me. Apparently you can. Well, yeah, well, here's the thing. They can try. That's the thing is people don't seem to understand that just because something's illegal doesn't mean these courts and these people aren't, excuse me, aren't going to try it. Yes, they're going to try it, but that's why there's an appeals process. That's why there's like, how many appeals courts? 11, 12? How many districts, circuits? Excuse me. I think it's like 12 circuit courts, 11. It'll get appealed. It'll probably go all the way up to the SCOTUS, I'd imagine. And the SCOTUS just look at this and be like, yeah, no, no, that ain't going to happen. Kevin that- will be like, let me take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I've read this one before. Hey, uh, let me wipe my tears away from... Uh, yeah. Yep. That's going to be funny to me, though. But um, <clears throat> DeSantis came out and said that. And then uh, you got the demo appointed. Uh, Colorado Supreme Court uh, relies on January 6th committee for insurrection claim. By the way, the January 6th committee, that was not a trial. I, I hope people recognize it. That was not a trial. No, they don't. That, w- that had no legal proceedings. They What that trial and that investigation was for was for them to advise, advise federal prosecutors to say, this is what you should be doing, or this is what we would suggest. It's a group, think of it this way, it's a bunch of bureaucratic congressional lawyers coming together to circle jerk with Adam Kitzinger and Liz Cheney to go after the January 6th people. There was no legal, legal reasoning, or there was no legal outcomes on that. It was just their investigation. But their investigation has no legal teeth to it. So for the SCOTUS of Colorado to say or to reference the insurrection investigation by the J6 committee, that's not legal proceedings. That's not an actual trial. That whole ordeal was nothing but bread and circuses. That's all it was. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Did did they impeach? Yep. Did they convict in the Senate? Nope. You got nothing. You've got nothing. But Nancy Pelosi knew that. What Nancy Pelosi was trying to do was leave a permanent mark on Trump's record. If anything, you made that guy more powerful. You impeached him twice, and twice you failed to convict. I call it the Gotti effect. Remember John Gotti, the Teflon Don? They went after this guy so many times, and they couldn't get him, and they made him a hero. They made this guy a hero. You're doing the same thing Trump, and you don't even realize it. That's why when it comes to unity, Democrats have the right beat. When it comes to executing plans... Not always the best. You're going to unify the opposing side. That's what Pelosi was doing. Or did, rather. 
horrible at her job. I mean, she's great at whipping the vote, though. I won't lie on that one. But Colorado Supreme Court relies on January 6th committee for insurrection claim. The Colorado Supreme Court cited the January 6th committee, among other high partisan sources, in arriving at its conclusion Tuesday that former President Donald Trump had committed insurrection and was therefore ineligible for 2024 ballot. Folks, let me break it down Barney style. This is the same as saying, um, by the way, you were accused of rape and therefore you can't be voted for. It's like, yeah, accused versus convicted of, found guilty of. Those are two different things. An accusation is not proof. It's an accusation. An accusation is not a guilty sentence. It's an accusation. I can sit there and say and accuse Josh of touching my wiener when I was asleep. No, no, sorry. That, that never happened. I'm sorry about that, guys. That was a complete lie. But people don't seem to get this. Like the Supreme Court is saying, well, being this investigation found him to have done it. Yeah, that had no legal teeth. You can't use that. It's like, hey, these group of paid people that don't like Donald Trump said um, he did some bad things. So we're going to take that under legal advisement and say, yeah, because you did bad things, according to their opinion, you can't, you're not going to be voted for here. Yeah, massively illegal. Not going to happen. And people that think that, I've also seen the argument the Supreme Court of the state has the final ruling, unless it's in matters of federal involvement, in which case, yes, the federal government can and will and should get involved. You see, that's why there's a checks and balances to this. States don't have their own right accordingly in a sense of saying it's the end-all, be-all. Now, when it comes to state-related issues, yes, they do have the final say. But when it comes to federal, that's what I'm saying, this has federal protection, federal election protection, you're not going to get away with this. I sincerely don't think you get away with this. So we'll say it's going to cost Trump more money, but I think he's probably going to raise more than he'll have to spend on this. We'll say. But the other thing I think they're counting on is how slow that appeal will go. How soon can they get this up to a higher court to get it overturned? I think they're counting on something like that. Now, here's the other part. What's Trump's likelihood of winning those Colorado electoral votes? I don't know. I don't think they were good. But it's the fact of this this act in and of itself is a massive, and I, oh God, I hate saying this. Everybody says it. It's a massive slap in the face of democracy. Huge slap. Huge slap. Bitch slap even. Cold, wet slap. Cold, wet slap. You want, you want the rough or the, you want the rough or the soft? Which side of the hand you want? Smack. So. You get the ring hand. You get the ring hand, bitch. Um, so yeah. Um, there you have it. I don't agree with this. I think it's going to get overturned. Now, there are many people arguing for it to be, uh, I've seen many conservatives arguing for it to stick. And I'm like, what? I was like, look, you know, here's the thing. Again, I don't care for Trump. I don't. In fact, Trump has even accused DeSantis of colluding in support of this. That's how petty, that's how pathetic this dishonest campaign is. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I actually give a shit about Donald Trump. I don't. The fact that DeSantis comes out there, makes a statement, says, no, this is not legal. This shall not stand. And then Trump turns around and says, well, you're in bed with them. Like, dude, yeah, I don't care if they lock you up at this point. I really don't. I I don't. I was like, you sat there and you've accused everyone under the sun of everything imaginable. I just don't have any sympathy for you. And by the way, the J6ers that are locked up that you left behind too, I'm thinking they probably don't really give too much of a shit about you anyway. So there it is right there. I, I don't... I don't care if people like that one or not. It's like, it sucks that it's happened to you, bro. But um, yeah, you sitting there demonizing people that are on your side and then expecting them to come like rushing to your rescue. Yeah. Sucks start a shotgun for all I care, bro. Say, I will break it down and be honest with my support of the Constitution, the constitutionality or the lack thereof from a Supreme Court in Colorado. But as far as the individual candidate, I think he's a piece of shit. 
but that's just me. That's just me. So there you have it. Um, and of course, you can go watch other people commenting on this. I just, this is not going to stand. So, but as Breitbart News reported, a 43 majority agree with the hitherto obscure argument that Trump could be disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, drafted after the Civil War to apply to those who had fought for the Confederacy. The majority held that Trump had led an incitement and insurrection in January 6th. Again, he was never convicted of this. You got no grounds. You got no grounds at all. So, there you go. Um, now, here's the other thing that we didn't get to go too far into, was that uh, Thomas Massey out of Kentucky and Chip Roy out of Texas have now endorsed DeSantis, two big-time constitutional representatives, a lot of respect for them. Um, there's some things with Chip Roy I don't agree on, but, again, there's not going to be any politician out there that met, well, outside of Rand Paul. Yeah. Thomas Massey, I agree with 99% of his stuff. Chip Roy, 85%, I think. Um, but when Chip Roy endorsed DeSantis, what did Trump do? Trump did what Trump always does. He threatens political destruction for anyone that has not bend the knee to the MAGA movement. Listen to this. This is true. And it's, it's egg on the face of Donald Trump and his campaign. Conservatives lash out at Trump after he attacks Chip Roy and calls for him to face primary challenge. Idiotic. He also called Chip a rhino. Folks, we've seen this demonstrated by the left so many different times. Racists, xenophobe, bigots, yada, yada, yada. Every adjective under the sun has grown so repetitious in nature that it's lost all meaning. When somebody on the right or somebody, when somebody, anybody calls me a racist, it just literally rolls off the shoulder because I don't believe them. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Y'all have been saying this for years on end. Anyone I don't like is a Nazi. Anyone I don't like is Hitler. Anyone that opposes Democrats, you're literally, you know, third Reich Nazis. Just over and over again for, for years now. But Trump, what he has done to the acronym RINO, which Republican in name only, has basically been the same thing. It's been akin to what the left has done. He calls everyone or his MAGA support calls anyone that does not support the MAGA movement a RINO. I could break this down easily and say the policies of Donald Trump were not Republican in nature. Many policies were not. They were actually more progressive. They were more leftist. But again, that's Donald Trump. But to sit there and call people like Chip Roy a rhino, Chip Roy of all people, former President Donald Trump took flat took flack from a number of conservatives on Tuesday after he attacked Representative Chip Roy and called him a rhino or Republican in name only and called for him to face a primary challenge. Has any smart, energetic Republican in the great state of Texas decided to run in the primary against Rhino Congressman Chip Roy? For the right person, he's very beatable. If interested, let me know, Trump wrote in a post on Truth Social late Monday after Roy appeared in Iowa in support of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign. There's just one problem with this. To actually register to run, it closed like eight or nine days ago. Can't. And Chip is running unopposed. So... Trump didn't know what he was talking about. He's trying to take a stab at Chip Roy. Folks, this is one of the biggest things that I've warned people about. When you have someone that is running and they aren't supporting you as a president and your goal then is to politically sink them, how does that change when you're president? How does that change when you're president? Now you're going to try and weaponize the GOP to attack any political opposition within your own party that disagrees with you. Now you tell me, is that healthy? Is it healthy to silence the opposition in your own party? Nope. Absolutely not. Is it healthy to threaten the careers of those that disagree with you? Absolutely not. And don't forget, Donald Trump had tried to get uh, Thomas Massey expelled from the GOP. 
when Massey opposed the CARES Act, he said, nope, this is not a good thing. And by the way, he was right. Yeah, he, he was. was right. What did Trump try to do? He tried to get rid of Matt, tried to get him kicked out of the GOP. Didn't happen. Massey stood in favor of the Constitution. Roy is endorsing DeSantis. Just a presidential endorsement in and of itself is enough to get Donald Trump to come after you and threaten you. Even Massey told a story at DeSantis' campaign. He said, I got a call from Trump. He said, I'm going to come at you like you've never been come at before so hard. You, you just never get it. And the way Massey tries to depict Trump is freaking hilarious. It is hilarious because Massey's kind of a nerd. He's, he's kind of got like this nerdish thing to him, but he's like one of those cool nerds. Like, man, he's so smart and he's constitutionally sound. He's actually cool. But um, Massey describes in great detail that basically Trump called him like three or four times. Massey didn't answer. He finally answered. And then Trump's just making all these threats. He's like, I, I'm going to primary you. You're going to be so you're done. You baby. And then Massey just kind of like, he said, <laughs> he talked about that. Trump said, this is the second time you've done this to me. You've turned on me. And Massey was like, I actually feel kind of honored and a little relieved. He's like, because this is like the ninth time I've done it to him. I guess he just didn't know what I was saying. So he's like, whatever. You know, Trump probably sees all these Democrats just fall in line. And then when the Republicans don't do the same thing, he's like, uh, what Democrats fall in line to Nancy Trump? Pelosi's fall in line to Trump? No, no, not to Trump. Like oh, on the Democratic oh side, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when Nancy Pelosi cracks the yeah. whip, they're all like, you know, out of tension. Yeah. But Nancy Pelosi also doesn't go against their own party in that capacity the way Donald Trump does. In Nancy Pelosi, I think, through closed doors, reigned in AOC. She's reigned yeah. in a lot of those people. But to come out there and publicly go after him, she didn't do that. Trump does. She it's did like, a little bit. A little bit. You're right. She did a but little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think behind closed doors. She, she probably, probably brought like, them to heel and said no. It's like, yeah. if you want to excel in this congressional administrator, this, this Congress... You better toe the yeah, line. Yeah, I think that's what Trump didn't understand about the Republican yeah. Party is that you're yeah. not just going to say something, have everybody like exactly. fall in line. I agree. It's like you've got to be a leader and you've got to unite. You've got to get people to come to the new. And by the way, uh, McCarthy, I think, has submitted his resignation from the House. Um, I just saw that article. I'd, I'd seen speculation that he was talking be. about doing that. But that that to me is kind of like what's going to happen to that seat? I'm curious on that one. They got to hold a special election, election I'd right? imagine, yeah. if, he's, if he resigns. Yeah. So we'll see. Because it's the um, same thing with uh, if you resign Santos mm -hmm. up in like they yep. just can't appoint somebody no. to take his place. You have yeah, to have you a, have to have special. Yeah. You have seventy two days to do a special election. We'll see if that happens. No, he was expelled. Resignation. I I'd have to go back and actually read the Constitution on this. What it actually talks about. It's there. We'll have to go back and read it. But um, either way though, I thought that was interesting that he was resigning. It's like why are you resigning? It's like. Yeah, you've got the MAGA in the, in the House. You've got Gates, who basically weaponized the left against the right on that one, and he won. And it got McCarthy kicked out. And then we got Speaker Mike Johnson, who, by the way, the first thing he did was talk about supporting Israel, yada, yada. And he has released the J6 tapes. I'll give him that one. I will give him that one. Um, That's like easy stuff. Yeah. It should have happened already, though, to tell you the truth. McCarthy yeah. should have made good on that one. That doesn't cost us anything. No, I don't think like so either. Sending yeah. money over to other countries. That's that's a big issue in the hole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Now, instantly, the left attacked Johnson for kneeling on the House floor in prayer. It's like, oh, this is a threat to democracy. He's like, shut up. Like, shut up. Well, we'll see. I don't know. But the other thing is, though, Mike Johnson has been in cahoots with ex-Speaker Paul Ryan. I'm curious, what do you have to say to that guy? Paul Ryan, um, actually, who did he endorse? He just endorsed somebody. It wasn't DeSantis. Liz Cheney. I think... <laughs> She's talking about running. She's talking about it. It's like, yeah, you ain't got a shot in it. Well, she got beat so bad in Montana. She did. Well, I, no, she didn't run again, did she? I thought she, no, she didn't no, run. It was in Montana. It was Wyoming. I'm well, sorry. No, yeah, but she didn't run again for re-election. She said, this is it for me because she knew she was going to get scorched. But her is presidential and she runs as a Democrat. Democrats love her. 
Democrats now love Kitzinger and Cheney. And Cheney, again, you know, she's a Cheney. These people are Republicans in name only, clearly. I mean, Dick Cheney was too. That guy was KBR through and through. The guy made millions, if not billions, off the war in Iraq. But still. But yeah, back to attacking Chip Roy as being a rhino, which is just, it's hilarious to me. It's like this guy is not a rhino, not even close. But, um... Uh, while Chip Roy is fighting to do what Donald Trump promised to do, secure our southern border, the former president is on social media demanding a primary challenge to one of the most conservative members of Congress, DeSantis wrote, before noting that the filing deadline for candidates in Texas had already passed. He says, I stand with Chip. I'm honored to have his support. The time for talking is over. We must stop the invasion, and I will get it done, he added. Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky, a supporter of DeSantis' campaign for president, has also said he stood with Roy before calling Trump's comments a short-sighted effort to intimidate him. I support you for president, Don, or I supported, or I support you for president Donald Trump, but I'm 100% on board with Chip Roy. Chip is no rhino. He's an American hero. He's a constitutionalist. He's a patriot. And most of all, he's a good man who selflessly serves his, his Congress. American blockchain pack CEO Jim Pfaff wrote. Stephen Miller, contributor editor to The Speculator, our spectator wrote, Trump, who caved on bump stocks and Fauci, is calling Chip Roy of Texas a rhino, and to be primaried is just laughable at this point. It's laughably insane. Run it back, guys. And he's right on this one. Trump is the last one that should be calling anybody a rhino. Trump is not a Republican. He is not. He's running on a Republican ticket, but his policies are progressive in nature. There is nothing conserved. What is he conserved? What is this guy conserved at all? Nothing. Economically, he was good, but outside of like the culture war, he's a, he's a progressive. And now people are talking about how, you know, politics runs downstream of culture. Trump comes out being pro-choice, being anti-2A. Again, can't even answer if a man become a woman. And instead, what do we get? More MAGA, more MAGA cultists saying that you should, we should all, you know, Charlie Kirk and his infinite, you know, moronicness comes out there and says, everybody should just withdraw and, and just unite behind Donald Trump. No, I think that's a cheap way to think. To be attacked by the left suddenly warrants you getting my vote. Um, everybody gets attacked. DeSantis gets attacked. Matter of fact, nobody's getting attacked more than DeSantis. He's getting it from the MSM. He's getting it from Trump. He's getting it from Haley. He's getting it from everybody. Versus Trump's getting praised by a lot of people in the GOP. DeSantis is not. He's on an uphill battle, which is hilarious to me because DeSantis is the underdog now at this point. It ain't Trump. Trump's the establishment. But Trump attacking Chip Roy, this is, this is the norm for Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with loyalty to the Constitution. What would our forefathers say to something like that? Imagine having somebody in Congress. Grab her by the pussy. Grab her by the pussy. I say, I'll solve all that. They don't talk like that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought like that. Because what you said, I say, Ben Franklin, he says, uh, thou shalt grab her by the short hairs because thou shalt love that. I'm speaking biblical. I'm, I'm all over it. But um, no, I think the fact that if you have somebody in administration or in Congress, rather, excuse me, and they say that, look, I'm going to vote in accordance to my conscience and the Constitution. I'd say that's what you should always do. And I should strive as a president to never, never put, your, put you in a position where you have to vote against me. Because I, I would always want to align with the Constitution. But when you attack someone like Chip Roy or Thomas Massey or a devout constitutionalist, that's an indicator to me that you're putting your own personal politics above the Constitution. I cannot agree with that. I do not agree with that. In fact, I, I just I find that to be reprehensible. 
Um, this is so nuts as to be comical. If you think Chip Roy, Chip Roy is a rhino, then words have no meaning. Mark Kikorian, an executive director for the Center for Immigration Studies, wrote. Roy also posted his own response to Trump's attack, simply posting a photo of the former president with Dr. Anthony Fauci, a figure often scorned by conservatives. Roy is currently running unopposed in the Republican primary for Texas 21st Congressional District, which he has represented since 2019. When reached for comment, Trump campaign spokesman Steve Chung told Fox News Digital, Chip Roy made a blunder endorsing a moron like Ron DeSanctis, who was violently falling out of the sky like a wounded bird. These people can't even come up with new catchphrases. It's literally just regurgitating what the fat orange king says. And Stephen Chung, by the way, is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen on X. This guy is disgusting. Note how they didn't even engage with the fact that your idiot president, your idiot freaking guy, wanted someone to run against him, and the primary has been closed. Like, it doesn't work that way. Do you even know what the hell's going on? Clearly, it doesn't. So, so you know, Stephen Chung doesn't actually come out there and refute what they're actually blowing back on him for. It's like, hey, your guy doesn't seem to know when the actual end date is. Like, well, you know, it's because Chip endorsed a moron like Ron DeSanctis. I'm sorry. This is an administration or a campaign ran by children. This is children, bread, and circus. I cannot. This is disgusting. I will never unite with MAGA. It's over. I'm done with them. I'm done with this. Matt Gates puts out a tweet yesterday saying, I can't wait for the primaries to be over so we can all get along and support Trump. You can go fuck yourself. That ain't going to happen. Not going to happen for me. I want the Trump era of politicians gone and extinct. I want actual representatives like those of Chip Roy and Thomas Massey representing us and the Constitution in Congress. You don't get that from Anna Paulina Luna. You don't get that from Marjorie Taylor Greene. You don't get, you especially don't get that from Lauren Boebert, who's a massive theocrat. I don't want these people in Congress. Why? They do not know what they are doing. These people are idiots. Instead, what they represent is fealty to Donald Trump and not the Constitution. That's the problem. Everything is about Trump to include his baggage and his drama. I think Americans are getting tired of this. So when you have Trump take shots at like the likes of Chip Roy and calling him a rhino, you just have to look at it and say, you are no different than a Democrat at this point. Because in theory, realistically, pragmatically, you are a Democrat. He's a Democrat. I'll leave it at that. The Supreme Court ruling is ridiculous. It's unconstitutional, should not be honored. But also, Trump's an idiot. There you have it. <laughs> no better way to say it. France is in the news, and you got. I didn't expect this from France, but things must be getting bad over in uh, Montréal, France. Article comes to us from Breitbart. France passes bill to make deporting undesirable foreigners easier. But uh, such you what is the Africans and the Islam to come into your country and uh, you know make a multiculturalism in France great, eh? Now, not so much. They come in here, they rape your women, they piss and shit all over the streets, they want a Mohammed on every corner and to suppress your French rights. Yeah. The French parliament approved a divisive immigration bill intended to strengthen France's ability to deport foreigners considered undesirable, prompting a heated debate after the far right decided to back the measure. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Um, I like this deftest dude in the chest. He's a rich idiot. What are you, John? Um, that's, that's crazy to me. So because somebody's rich, matter of fact, I challenge you to call in. I challenge you to call in right now, big guy. You want to debate me? Let's do this. The number is right there on the screen. Call in deftest. Call in. I'm not even going to debate you in the comments right now. I will debate you live. 
You want your shot at the king? Nobody like me that you're clearly watching and you're listening to. Call in. I challenge you. Trump tweet. Yeah, you're not going to call in. You're afraid to debate. All of you MAGA morons, you will not debate me. Why is that? The number's right there, big guy. I'm not even going to refute your comments until you actually call in so I can make you look stupid live. You going to do it? I'm waiting for you, big guy. It's right there. It's right there. I'm waiting for you. Nothing yet? Let, let, let me read the number for him, then, just in case. Just in case he doesn't know. It's 214-817. What is that? 1839-1689. Excuse me. There it is. Call it in. Come on. Come on. Depth is not going to do it. Why don't, why don't people call in? I love that. People are like, you're so wrong. Well, then call in debate me. I, I always, oh, I always welcome that. Well, Trump's a rich idiot. Who are you? Um, someone that's actually fought for their country. I was in Operation Bone Spurs. Someone that actually has a vote. Someone that believes in the prominence of the Constitution and freedom and liberty. That's somebody. So you're saying, well, I'm not even going to get into it. Here's it. I just want you to call in so I can shred you. Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come on. I'm a nobody, right? The line's open. The line is open. We'll see who this is. It's probably Hobo. I bet that's Hobo. Just do it. Just do it. People in the chat even want it. Yell out. Hi, John. Is is this John? (laughs) Yes, it is. Hi, um, I, I, let me just explain who I am. Um, I was just relieved. I was a uh, Democratic um, uh, staffer uh, that was <laughs> caught doing some little shenanigans inside the, uh, uh, you know, in, inside one of the special offices. So I just wanted to call and just say that I think you're a wonderful man. And um, I just think that you guys are, just, you don't know the whole story, okay? So, <laughs> I was, was George Santos involved in any way, by the way? Was George Santos involved in that? I I can neither uh, deny or uh, John, please stop that. They, we don't we don't talk. Uh, you know that that's um, pillow talk, as we call it. <laughs> so I just wanted to say you do a fantastic job, and and these little Trump MAGA bastards, I swear they are just I, I just they, they they just make me very oh I just get. But my ass just get all puckered up. So I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and that little cute guy back to you, Josh. Oh, what a beautiful man. Oh, I would love to do some things to him. All right, well, bye-bye. Toodles. Uh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> didn't, it. Didn't see that one coming. Ah, oh, we had the congressional staffer call in. That was uh, basically having butt sex in the uh, Capitol building. That's, that's great. Good stuff. Well, apparently, he finds you very attractive. You're a beautiful man. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. Oh, my gosh. And last, but most certainly not least. Well, I got, this is actually not last. Um, migrant facilities. Have you seen the Eagle Pass stuff coming out? That's my biggest concern Oh, right my now. God, dude. Look at this. Migrant facilities in Texas and Arizona overwhelmed more than 18,500 in custody. In Custody. Yeah, I'm a little upset that more of our government officials aren't talking about this. Well, Democrats are actually coming out more, even more so now. It's gotten so bad that even Democrats can't ignore this anymore because these Democrats say uh, city mayors and stuff are like, dude, 
like Eric Adams, he even he gets it. It's like, bro, you sat there and you posed in New York as a sanctuary state. Bro, we throw you like 60,000, you sink. Much less, this is what this is what Texas, much less Arizona, the rest of them are dealing with. Migrant facilities along the U.S. border are filled over capacity with 18,500 people in custody at four of four of the most overrun border crossings in Texas and Arizona. Overnight, thousands um, more migrants poured over the border, cutting down sections of border barrier near Lukeville, Arizona, and wading across the Rio Grande. The processing center in the Del Rio, Texas sector, which includes Eagle Pass, the current flashpoint of the crisis, has over 5,200 migrants in custody, putting it at over, putting it at 256% of its capacity, over its capacity. Now, News Nation reported. Startling images from the camp taken by the post show hundreds of migrants huddled together in rows of separated by orange barriers. Many were wrapped in tinfoil blankets or in foil blankets issued by authorities to help keep them warm against the elements. Elsewhere in Texas, the Rio Grande Valley sector has over 4,800 migrants in custody. And that's that's just people they've caught. That's people they've caught. Have you seen the footage? Uh, there's people like, who's this lady? Uh, Ashley St. Saint, Ashley Saint Sinclair. Yeah. There, she's goes around to airports and mm-hmm. shows all the illegals being shipped all over the United mm-hmm. States. There's another guy that does that too. He's here in DFW. So these guys have their, like, their bags that they, they're handed uh-huh. at, the, uh, at the border when they're released. Uh-huh. They're just shipping them all over yeah. the place. Yeah, they go wherever they want. The, the, you know, this is an invasion. This is an invasion. This is ridiculous. Our, our government is failing to keep its people safe. Apparently, Greg Abbott just signed a law that says it's illegal to enter Texas illegally. I'm sorry, Greg Abbott has been sitting on his ass, no pun intended. Um, bro, you've had ample opportunity to stop this, and you're not. You are not. That's what pisses me off about Greg Abbott. What are you doing? You're signing into law? Cool. I mean, he... Build the wall. Build the fucking wall. In the Rio Grande, I think they talked about... Are they not finishing the wall down there? I thought no. they were. They thought they were too, but they're not. And then the uh, the federal government sued as far as the federal boys in the water. Sued, yeah, they, they came in to open it. That's what I'm saying. There needs to be a standoff between state and federal troops saying, if you send federal troops, they will be fired upon or they will be arrested. We will arrest your agents if they come into the state of Texas. The federal government's job is to enforce that border, the sovereignty of the nation. It's in the Constitution. When the federal government fails, it is on the states. The state rights takes precedence. When you've got a wide open border and your citizens are suffering as a result of this, much less other citizens in America, it is your right as a governor to step in and say, no more, we're building the wall. If they want to go to Arizona, that's on them. But we're building the wall. New Mexico, Arizona, the coast there, go to town. You want to go over there? Go for it. But Greg Abbott, you should have been, this guy is pissing me off. He's like, dude, you've had ample time. Operation Lone Star was nothing but a joke. It was a theatrical performance. They didn't even catch illegal immigrants. They just watched. So you spent over $60 million to send troops to the border to watch. Stop. This is ridiculous. Then they start apprehending, but what happens? They start letting people go. Like, this, this is a joke. This is how ineffective, this is how ineffective our governments are at protecting citizens. And they want to strip you of your Second Amendment? They want to strip you of your Second Amendment right to defend yourself when they have a wide open border and they're not even, they don't give a damn about you. They don't care about you. This is ridiculous. This is just massive, massive ineptitude at the federal government's level and at Greg Abbott's. You've had plenty of time, dude. This is ridiculous. This is, this is ridiculous. And last, most certainly not least on this one, um, I know this guy. Um, 
conservative influencer Rob Smith, he's the black conservative who's also gay, he's an Iraq veteran, he talks about this all the time, uh, calls fellow Republicans soulless, dead-eyed white supremacists after experiencing hate crime. Um, in a previous interview, Smith said sharing he is a conservative was harder for him than coming out as gay. For those that don't know, uh, it circulated all over Twitter. Sam Smith was at some kind of event, and there were a lot of groipers and MAGA people there calling him, uh, and this is just for recording purposes, censor warning, just for you people know, or uh, they were calling him things like faggot and nigger. That's what they were calling. You can literally watch the video, and Smith is he's being peaceful. I think he's got a drink in his hand. They're walking through, and he saw these dudes wearing MAGA hats and some groipers from the Nick Fuentes movement, and they're basically insulting this guy. I didn't see them actually lay a hand on him, which, again, you have your right to free speech. I'm not against that. It was disgusting. It was reprehensible. But it doesn't stop there, folks. This is, this is how reprehensible this guy is. This is what irks me. In a previous interview, Smith said sharing that he is a conservative was harder than coming out as gay. Um, he was the victim of a hate crime at a recent Turning Point USA event earlier this week, adding that he felt the encounter he was involved in could have turned deadly. I'm looking at soulless, dead-eyed white supremacists that, by the way, I felt that these people could have bashed my brains in had they gotten the chance, Smith said. I deal with these people in real life, and I know for a fact where they're coming from. I know that a lot of these people have infiltrated these conservative organizations from top to bottom. The, in the interview follows a viral video sh uh, Smith shared on X Monday, which he is surrounded by alleged white supremacists at an event hosted by Republicans for National Renewal on December 17th. Adding that they did say the N-word, absolutely, Smith told him. He went to this event because I saw that a lot of other conservative influencers would be there. Um, as a veteran, he said I could have defended himself, but choose to de-escalate de the situation. I'm looking into the eyes of people that were actually neo-Nazis and actual white supremacists, he said. There were about 20 to 25 of these people, and that is what you do not see on camera. So I had no choice to de-escalate the situation with humor, which is what I did. Um, it wasn't a hate crime, though. What, what crime was committed? Let's keep reading. I'm, I'm not trying to be, I'm not advocating for groypers, but I'm saying what was the crime here outside of utilizing First Amendment? Smith also emphasized that he did not believe the hate was among Trump supporters. That's, they were wearing MAGA hats. These people were attending your, are you kidding? This is the part that aggravates me about him. It's like, when you, like, watch the video here. This was, this was at a turning point event. This was at a turning point event, a private event. You could ask these groypers to leave. You can tell them to go. You're not welcome here. This is, this is the other part that people don't get. The Christ is King thing that Candace Owens introduced, talking about, you know, when her and Ben Shapiro went at it, the Groypers and Nick Fuentes, white supremacists, jumped all over that because now they're Christian white nationalists is what they are. They're anti-Semites, and they want only one religion in this country and one race. These are white supremacists. This is real. This is Nick Fuentes and the rest of these, these morons. In fact, I'm longing for the days when you could shoot these guys in the streets. It'd be wonderful. Not going to lie. That'd be a wonderful day. If there's ever a war, a civil war, those are the first ones to go for. Why? You wouldn't have to go far. Just kick in the most recent nearby basement of a groiper. Just toss a frag down there, and you've got about at least three of them in there circle jerking each other. Probably jerking off to anime. It's what they do. But to go back to main point here, what was the hate crime? What was the crime? For it to be a hate crime, there has to be a crime. Um... Honestly, uh, okay, so let's watch this video real quick. And I, I've been, I, I saw this video. I didn't see a crime committed. Let's take a look, see again. Um, just a heads up. But what aggravates me about him is he's not condemning Turning Point. He's not, in, he's not condemning any of the organizations these people belong to. Instead, it's just, you know, it's just insulting Republicans. Like, no, dude, 
these people are not welcome in many different circles, but for some reason they're okay. And these other events that are hosted by Terry, it's, it's blowing to me, mind blowing, but that's not showing the video. Where's the video? Where's it at? Just showing me a stupid ad. Come on, come on. Here well, we the go. first thing that I want to say is that to anybody that thinks that this is somehow talks about some the video. Way fake or staged, I want to tell them that the hate crime that happened to Jesse Smollett was fake. This hate crime was very real. So how I ended up there was this is a group called the Republicans for National Renewal. I was in Phoenix, um, Arizona for a, an event called America Fest, which is held by Turning Point USA. Um, I went to this event because I saw that a lot of other conservative influencers would be there. I actually DM'd with this group. I said, hey, I'm going to come. Can you put me on the list? They said, sure. So that's how I ended up at the event. I had no idea that it was going to be infested with, with these people. Was there some kind of confrontation that preceded what we saw in the video? Yeah, there was, actually. I realized that these people were starting to encircle me, and I kind of wanted to figure out what was going on. And what I will say, what a lot of people didn't see in that video is, number one, um, they did say the N word. Absolutely, that was not caught on video, but that did happen. And so, look, I am fourth ID. You know, I'm going to rock war of that. I can know how to defend myself. But I am looking in the eyes of people that were actual neo-Nazis and actual white supremacists. I don't, I don't disagree with them there. I mean, I think these people are legitimate white supremacists. Yeah, absolutely they are. And that's what I'm saying is there needs to be a lot of pushback from these organizations to come out there and say, like, these people are not welcome here to these events, even these private events. I saw, I saw the video. I don't know why it's not sharing it on this page. He, is it here? Hold on. This, okay, here's the video. Here's the video. Um, now, here's the thing. In his position, yeah, I'd, I'd be nervous as well. You got a, a group of angry white dudes. And the thing is, you look at them, they look like nerds. These, all, these dudes, they look like freaking nerds, like string bait. But listen to Rob here. Watch what he does here. Smart way of doing it. Don't engage. Get out of there. Because, again, this could turn violent very easily. But ultimately, I'm, I'm curious as to what the hate crime was. Calling somebody a name is not a crime. Let's keep going. See, when he says that and they're like, no, he doesn't. They're all Nick Fuentes fans. These guys are groypers. They are anti-Semites. These are white supremacists. And it legitimately, like, I'm not saying that. And it sense be like, oh, these, no, these guys are white supremacists. You see, that's, that's the rallying cry now. It's America first. Christ is king. It is a Christian white nationalist movement bent on white supremacy and Christianity being the majority of the, 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 the ruling religion, which, again, is what they're wanting is a theocracy. These people are dangerous. Okay, so of that video, though, and there's another video that's circulating where he literally walks out of the event and there's like one or two guys trailing him with a video camera insulting him. And it's like, yeah, this is disgusting behavior. It's like, oh, and I hate saying this, but where's the crime? Why would you do that anyway, knowing that you're going to be recorded and it's going to make its way to the Internet? They don't care. These are actual white supremacists. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys were actually members of the KKK. They don't care. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're dangerous. 
there are these people that are trying to grow this movement. And the movement is comprised of younger, young men. It's kind of like the same incels that simp for Andrew Tate. Fuentes, he himself is, I think he's very homosexual. I actually think he's actually had sexual relations with Malianopolis. There's a lot of controversy there. Who? But either way, Nick Fuentes. I think he's secretly gay. I sincerely do. You look at this guy, his mannerisms, his lack of masculinity in any sense of the word. This guy, I honestly think he likes dick. I really do. And if he does, cool. But at least admit that to your fans because, you know, they're like, Nick isn't gay. Nick's not gay. He just likes the way penis tastes. That's different. It's not gay. But I'm saying, though, it's just like this movement has attached itself to MAGA. Nick Fuentes is a massive Trump fan. They have basically latched on to the MAGA movement. Rob will not condemn this. He will not condemn this. Instead, he even made a tweet today talking about Donald Trump has always had my back. But when this happened, where are the likes of Nikki Haley, Vivek, and DeSantis? It's like, I'm sorry, Rob. I didn't realize you were important enough for a presidential candidate to come out there and say, hey, are you okay? And Rob Smith is one of those guys. He's a fence rider. He goes to the Mar-a-Lago events. He rides Trump's coattails. He tries to give the appearance of neutrality. He's not. He's not. I cannot stand that. Stop with the, stop with the, the disingenuine um, insulting of our intelligence, I guess you could say. I, I can't stand that. So Rob Smith comes out there and says it's a hate crime. No, that, that, that wasn't a hate crime. There was nothing illegal about what they did. Do I agree with what they said? Of course not. It was disgusting. I mean, it's... I would honestly love to hear about one of these events and just turn up with about 30 other dudes and beat the shit, wear masks and just straight up Antifa their asses, leave them bleeding in the streets. I would love to do that. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's, it's time that America started like, you know, uh, it makes me a horrible human being, but I don't care. These people are, they are Nazis. They are legitimate Nazis. And if they have their way, Nick Fuentes has said that once we assume control, we're going to have like have the death penalty for people, but it's like, bro. It's like, these, these motherfuckers need to be taken care of. This is a movement. It's not growing. It's never going to grow. It's, it, it just has a select you know, group like, of losers. Trump but still. doesn't even come across as a little bit racist. He's not. Trump isn't racist. But the fact is, and you know, and I, I hate saying this, but actually I don't hate it. It's true. I don't think Trump intentionally had dinner with the likes of Nick Fuentes. But at the same time. He was set up. I just, he was too. But at the, same, at the same time, though, I'm just kind of like, how did he make it through security? They knew who he was. Uh, Security, this was, I don't know. I kind of feel like this was staged. The fact that Trump even had dinner with Kanye, it's like, you need to cut that guy out. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. But Kanye is also a massive moron. So Yeah, Nick Wittes doing hanging out with Kanye West. He was, he, he was. Like uh, when, people so much. Well, when Kanye, other that's, that's the other thing is Nick does that. He tries to pray both sides of this. And then he'll tell. This kid's he'll, a grifter. He's a massive grifter. Yeah. He's a massive grifter. How old is he? Like he's like 28, 20s. 29. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, up there. I don't think he's ever been late either. I don't I think he's ever touched people the vagina. Should give this guy any momentum. It's a momentum than, on I mean, the internet in real life. It's a small group, a small rubber. They but, attend some of these yeah. functions. They get thrown out, but what they'll do is they'll videotape it to make it appear as if they are big in numbers. They're actually not. And when you look at who their ranks are comprised of, they're skinny little beta dudes that have never been with a woman. And most of them I think are secretly homosexual to include Nick himself. I think this guy is a blatant, flaming homosexual, and he just keep, keeps it hidden. So his groupers come after Probably. me time and time before. It's like, bro, so we're going to dox you. It's like, show up my property and give me the ability to get a stateside kill so I can basically mount your head on the wall and say, that one right there is a virgin groper. That one right there, he's a homosexual groper. And that one right there, that's Fuentes. I shaved the mustache off. It looked even gayer. So, yeah, imagine have those heads mounted on walls. They wouldn't get much meat, though, that's for sure. Yeah, let them use that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about these people. But yeah, again, Rob Smith, this was not a hate crime. There was no crime committed. 
it was them utilizing free speech, speech I don't agree with, but it's their right to do. We don't get to dictate that. We are not the arbiters of free speech. But again, he also doesn't condemn those that aren't condemning this as well, to include Trump. Trump is not condemning this. But Rob Smith has goes Has he even in, seen it? Like, who oh, yeah, else knew about this shit? Trump, Trump has to know. No, not about this event in and of itself. Yeah. But there is, when it happened with Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro, that's when you really started seeing the anti-Semitic uh, white nationalists, white supremacists, really make their presence known on social media. And they've all come out in support of Trump. Trump needs to condemn them and say, you're not welcome in MAGA. He needs to condemn this. And this is not for me like just saying that. all he did during his 2016 election was condemn white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, for sure. Like, no, no, he did, Every yeah. single press and they, conference and I, he went I, to, I like, admit that he, when he said there's it? good people on both sides, he was not giving a wink at the KKK. He was talking about there were good protesters on both sides. He was not referring to the KKK. But I will say, though, this group has needs to be demonized by, because here's yeah, the thing. they should be. If they Trump, should be allowed into these places. I agree. If it's a private event, mm-hmm. shouldn't be allowed in. And, and those guys should come out and be like, they're not. They don't represent yeah. a, even a little bit of what we What do. I will recommend, people, is if you go to these political events and you see a groiper with their phone out trying to bait you, record them and then publish it to social media and say, this is this person, this is who they are, and they're a groiper. Expose them. Um, if they want to try and dox you, return the favor. If they come up with a video camera in your face, do the same thing to them. Say, you're a groiper. You're supporting Nick Fuentes. This is who this guy is. Post it to social media. Be like, hey, can somebody give me a face? Give me a, give me a you know. Give me a name on this guy and let's get him exposed. And then pass it to their employers. But like, if you want to engage in activities where you're literally condemning people of opposing or opposite races as being under and beneath you, and you want to resort to violent means, yeah, play the same game. Play the same. That's, that's the only way you, uh, you beat these, these types of morons. But again, outside of the internet, they troll people. That's about it. So, but again, Rob Smith, he's off on this one. Can't agree with that. It wasn't hate crime. And the fact that you're not condemning the people that are actually responsible for this, that's another big thing for me. So I'm sorry. I think Rob Smith is using this for clout and the fact that you won't condemn your own side for allowing this to happen. And instead you've shift focus onto everybody else except Trump. And it wasn't their movements. These, these groupies have attached themselves to you, bro. You deserve all the hate you get now from every single side. You're not taking a stand here. You're not even taking, you're just saying, I was a victim of a hate crime, which in and of itself is not true. And then those you're blaming had nothing to do with this. Hence why you're a Trump dude. You should just admit it. So anyway, that does for today's episode of the All-American Savage Show podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. Thank you for being here. Uh, Again, don't forget to uh, subscribe. Uh, You can subscribe on Rumble. If you didn't know that, I'm going to start doing some giveaways on Rumble. We got to figure out a way to do giveaways for our subscribers. Um, Greatly appreciate. I think we have like, how many subscribers we have? Not many. Huh? No, no, no. Like you can actually subscribe financially. You can sub on the channel. You can be a follower or you can actually sub. Uh, I think that button, the button to sub is like right below the chat. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to support the show, that goes a long way. Keeps us independent. We appreciate that. And you can also check us out at shellshockcbd.com and 1920brand.com. Again, code sample is going to save you 50% off of all samples on the site. So maybe you've been curious about trying it. It's like, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on something that might not work. Well, now... $2.50 to get yourself some sample packs and see for yourself if it works. And again, even if you would have spent the 40 or 50 bucks on a full bag of gummies and it didn't work, I'd still refund your money. Guaranteed. All right. Until, uh, how do you subscribe? I think it's a button below the chat on your phone. It has the subscription option there. You can subscribe like that. Yeah. So we greatly appreciate that. Thank you for those that do it. It does mean a lot to get that support out there. So until next time, you got anything to have a man? Have a great night. And as always, you stay savage America. <laughs>